forced to get off of home base. We thought it was too dangerous. They said too many people are getting hurt. There were 10 people that were taken off site. A lot of people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast 99. Hello and welcome back to Podcast 99. I'm Ryan Lichten and today I'm sitting down with another survivor of Woodstock 99. Uh... I realize with a lot of these survivor stories, survivor, I mean, obviously the, it's kind of a nudge, nudge, wink, wink thing. We know that there are plenty of people who legit did survive some terrible shit that, you know, what went down at Woodstock 99, but a lot of the people that we interviewed, uh, attended more than survived but nevertheless we're back with survivor stories and today's survivor came all the way down from canada to see not only the canadian acts but to see the most aggressive acts the festival had to offer and they had a great time despite a having to use the terrible fucking porta potties despite only pretty much drinking alcohol from what i gathered from this story um and seeing several broken bones. There is some serious carnage that was witnessed in this Survivor story. So I'm going to stop blabbing about it and let's just get into it. This is my interview with Woodstock 99 attendee Morley. All right, folks, I'm sitting here with Morley. Um, you are the only person that we've had on where I didn't really get too much background. So I'm going into this, going into this story blank, which I'm excited about. Uh, yeah. So, uh, a good friend of mine at the time we were, I don't know, going back and forth on, should we go or not? And he pulled the trigger and bought four tickets. So me and two other friends, there was four of us in total. We, uh, decided we're going have the tickets. So we actually, from our Northern part here in Canada, we actually had to drive two and a half hours and get on a plane. And then uh, for two of us, I think it was our first plane ride ever, and we were 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we flew from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan to Toronto. And then from there, we uh, hopped on another plane and landed in New York City. And we did two days in New York City before actually going out to the festival mm -hmm. itself. Uh, so, I mean, b before we, we get, get, to, uh, get to Griffiths Air Force Base, like, what kind of music were you into at the time? Were you hearing about the festival? Was it something that you wanted to go to before your friend pulled the trigger on it? Like set up, like how it even came to be that you were going to go. Uh, we were actually having beers. Uh, I worked shift work a couple hours away from Saskatoon. So I was down there pretty much in any day off I could get. And um, he said like, Hey, like, have you heard of this Woodstock 99? And when he first brought it up, I thought it would be like, you know, hippie stuff. And then he started, <laughs> rattling, he started rattling off the names. And I, I had just like, I was a, at the time, a Metallica fan and a rage against the machine fan. Uh, I didn't really hear too much. Like I knew Limp Bizkit a little bit because they had uh, faith was their music video. I seen quite a bit and I thought that was pretty wild. And uh, kid rock at the time was kind of doing his thing. So um, yeah, we ended up like, I think I got a phone call from him and he's like, I bought the tickets. So then it was uh, up to me to get the time off. And, and luckily I was able to, and then one of the other friends, my friend Ryan was in Southern Saskatchewan working. So he ended up with the time off. And then my friend Dean, um, he ended up, uh, 
he worked closer to me. We all kind of said, yeah, we're doing it and got the time off. And yeah, no, I was, a, I'm still, I'm a big Metallica fan. And uh, the big band for me to see though, at the time was Rage Against the Machine because there was no way I ever heard, like, didn't think I'd ever see them again because like no one really toured Canada like that. Or if they did, right. it was, uh, you know, uh, Toronto, Vancouver sort of thing. So yeah, we, and we thought, you know, it'd be cool. I'd never been out of the country and, and, uh, my friend Mandeep, he set this whole trip up. He, uh, he said, well, we'll do a couple days in New York city as well. Well, you know, that was the icing on the cake, I guess. So yeah, we were lucky to do it. So, well, I mean, what kind of like, um, preparations did you make? So like it, you went to the city first, correct? And, and hung out. So were you guys planning on camping? Like, did you have to get supplies with a hotel? Like what was the plan after your New York trip? Uh, actually, uh, I actually, my parents had a beat up old tent that they thought I would leave down there. And it turns out I brought it back because I thought they still wanted it, but the, the, the case it came <laughs> in was totally destroyed. So it was kind of funny. This was pre 9-11. So the day we were leaving the festival, we had a garbage bag and a roll of duct tape and I just balled it all up and taped it. And uh, it was so funny when we landed back in Canada, we're grabbing our luggage and then this dirty thing about this side just hits the luggage thing and dust pops off. and. i bring it back to my parents i'm like here's your tent and they're like well we don't want it back so i could have i could have just left it down there um our preparation uh we had sleeping bags and a couple changes of clothes but it was funny we were in new york city and we're wandering around and and um we're like well booze will probably be expensive out there alcohol so we went into this liquor store and of course it's got the inch bulletproof glass and we're sliding our money through. And it was funny because I think my, the only person who was 21 was my friend Dean. The rest of us were all underage. Uh, but he, like, we got all our booze. We had just the little plastic, uh, uh we call them Mickey's up here. Uh, just little plastic bottles. We had like our whiskey and vodka and stuff. We got back to the hotel and we unraveled our sleeping bags and laid them, laid them all in there and then rolled it back up and put them in the bags. You couldn't tell. So that was right. our big uh, go around, I guess, to try and sneak contraband in. None of us were real drug people. So there was no, you know, trying to smuggle dope in or mushrooms or anything like that. So, um, yeah. And then we, uh, we, I remember it was part of part of the deal was uh, he had a charter bus planned uh, as part of the deal of getting with getting the tickets. So the day we left, we had to get up fairly early. And we, of course, we were out bar hopping and everything the night before in New York. Uh, we hopped in a cab and this cabbie ripped us out to Yonkers to this like racetrack. And there was <laughs> charter buses. So we got on the right bus and we got on there and fell asleep for a couple hours. And then um, it was a pretty mellow bus ride and we sat near the back. And so we all kind of had a, a nap for a little bit. And then we had a, you know, I don't know, we had some red stripe beer. So we started cracking those. So uh, right. by the time we got to the campsite or to the, to the, to site, the site itself, uh, we had a couple beer but uh it, yeah it wasn't the party kind of bus no one was really having it besides us and um we kind of got there late the, not late the first day but traffic was backed up and i think when we first got there 
made it through security, no problem. But I do recall the sleeping bags work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I remember like it never even dawned on us to like bring water in and stuff. We, we, assumed, <laughs> we assumed they'd have water and it'd probably be a buck or something or water fountains everywhere. Like we didn't think of that. And we just assumed like uh car- like food, like, you know, you go buy a hot dog or whatever. So we weren't, you know, lo- trying to lug giant coolers in or anything like that. Um, so we got to the the site and we were just kind of overwhelmed with the scale and uh, right and it, now it, it sorry real quick was the first day it, is this Friday or is this the the pre-show no, day, the uh, sorry so we le- we were there the Friday we didn't make the okay. pre-show or anything like that uh, gotcha so we pitched our tent it was like well this looks like a good 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 enough place as any so we set it up of course there's you know just you know, keeping, you know, remember ours is the, the yellow one or whatever, while there's <laughs> 60,000 yellow tents or whatever. But, uh, yeah, we just pitched our tent and then we were there like to see bands. So, so we think the first band we seen was live. I think they were on the, on the Friday. Yeah. So we caught live and, uh, stayed at the main stage all day because the other big band we wanted to see was corn. And uh, right. we got fairly close to core, like throughout the day, people would come and go. So we would just kind of move a couple feet, a couple feet, you know, get a little bit closer to the stage. Um, but yeah, I just remember it being already Friday, like really hot. And uh, like we were, we were, uh, we went and grabbed water and stuff. And, and you, we were kind of taken back because at that time it was already like $4 for a bottle of water sort of thing. And we're like, wow, this is a, this is uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty steep. I mean, b- before you, you know, had the uh, the bright idea to g- get water into your bodies, yeah. um, like, was there like, did you guys walk the grounds at all? Or I mean, was it like, no, we got to get in, and then after you're watching bands for a while, then it starts sitting in, hey, we should probably take care of ourselves. Because I mean, my understanding is that if you're at the East stage, like, and it's the middle of the day, I mean, there's so many people that it would be kind of hard to come and go. So yeah, did you like buy? Like, were you, exp- I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to frame this. Pre-game um, it and buy a bunch of water or. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Or, or did you like, <laughs> did you try and scope out water fountains? Like as you were coming in or anything like that? Or was it just like, let's get into the music. We were pretty gung ho about actually seeing the bands. So there wasn't really like, we'd wait for an hour or so, or we'd wait till the end of the set. And one of us would be like, oh, I'll go get water or whatever, or yeah, actually, I think the first day we just stood and took it. We didn't really. We had our, oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, and we didn't really want to lose our spot because we were in a pretty decent area to watch corn. That was that was the band of the day we wanted to see. So we right. just gutted it out. Like, I don't I don't remember really no. taking off. I remember, though, one of us had to take a leak. It's like basically as soon as we got there and we seen the porta potties. And uh, I think it was my friend Ryan and Ryan's a little bit of a germ of like pretty particular. And he opened the door and just slammed it and said, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so by, and that's day yeah, one. Was day one. We were there like three hours, let's say. And he was already like, they're pretty nasty already. So, oh man. Yeah. I mean, have, have you guys been to any like 
I mean, obviously you're pretty far up north, like you said, and most of the big tours didn't come through your area. But had you been to anything like a, a festival or any large kind of concert, anything, anything like this before? Um, well, uh, Saskatoon was a stop like uh, a few years earlier. We seen the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, we did see Metallica maybe a year or two before when they were uh, promoting the Load and Reload albums. Um, yeah. So we've seen that. And then actually there were two festivals up here. Uh, the, the, the Tragically Hip was a big part of it. They were the headliners and Cheryl Crow and Los Lobos. And it was called Another Roadside. All three Woodstock 99 yeah. bands. Yeah. And they were, uh, it was called Another Roadside Attraction. So they oh, okay. go across the country and there was other bands. I don't quite remember, uh, but we did see that. And that was only a day. Like, so we, they had a big f field out in Saskatoon and same thing, main stage. And you just, it was like probably 12, 14 hours of music sort of thing. And then the other one up here a, a year or two later was Edge Fest. And that ran a couple years. So the one year, uh, I think Our Lady Peace was touring on that. And then we actually seen Green Day the one year and Foo Fighters. So, okay. So, so you had been to some, some bigger things, yeah. but, but this, this was, was still ridiculous. like nothing prepared. Oh, no. yeah. And just, uh, you know, we were pretty naive people from Northern Canada and you start seeing, uh, a bit of the nudity and just people, you know, it was so open in the crowd. Uh, I remember a guy was walking around with a backpack and he had a little stick and it just said drugs. Like he, you know, like, <laughs> So you, you could basically walk up to him like you were buying a beer at a football game or at a hockey game. And oh, my God, what, what you got, you know, and and yeah, I that's so crazy. Yeah. And it was just so out in the open, like it was just and like, you know, there was guys back in our in our little town in our area, you know, who have experimented and had a bit of pot or but like people are pulling out like bags, bags and bags right. and like, holy <laughs> shit, like, yeah. Yeah, and, and how old were you at the time? I was twenty. So oh, okay, yeah, I was, okay. So yeah. yeah. So my friend, I was twenty. My friend Dean was twenty-one. Uh, I believe Ryan was twenty, and Mandeep uh, was twenty as well. So uh, I, I feel like uh, you know, coming from you know, like the area where you guys, you know traveled from mm -hmm. to go to a festival like this and you're starting to see naked people yep. and like you're starting to see guys with drug signs <laughs> like that must have been a culture it, was a, it sure. was a it was a, sh a shock for sure but like yeah like i said like even going to new york city like that was crazy for us um right. so yeah so once we got to the festival you know it was i just couldn't believe the the size of it and then we were walking on the tarmac and you're like Huh, it's this could not this isn't very good because people were, you know, it was just kind of a recipe for disaster, how hot it was, the location and how they were just trying to it seemed like just trying to gouge everyone for every dollar, you know. And it just seemed yeah. like uh the infrastructure was kind of thought of later, you know, like the porta potties and just keeping them clean and sucked out and and the water like there, you know, you'd see the water uh, fountains and there would be a lineup. Well, I'm not going to stand in line and miss a band for an hour and a half or whatever, or I just go bite the bullet and pay four bucks, five bucks for a bottle of water instead. 
Um, right. And then then it got gnarly with uh, like the mud people and the the mud Nazis, as you call them on the podcast. When do you start seeing those folks? Like, like was that day one stuff, too? That, or did that happen a little bit later? I think it, I think it might have been Friday. And because in, on Saturday we were, you know, watching Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine, those bands already and even. Yeah, I think it was, and I, I remember I snapped a picture and I believe I sent it to you and it was a guy, like his face, he was wandering through the crowd and he already had the mud and stuff caked and he had dreadlocks and those were, like, uh. I called them shitlocks, like they were just so, and that, yeah. maybe that was Saturday and I remember people like we'd be, you know, we were kind of flies on the wall just taking this all in and you'd see these people like rolling around in this mud and stuff and uh by the porta potties and my friend dean's like don't they know like that's not (laughs) you know like it was so we you would think yeah and so we were just trying to steer clear of that you know and then the the whole bathroom thing it was funny like so you eventually have to you know take a shit or whatever like my dean and i were we we handled it pretty good like we found it actually we found one near the end of the whole row and it wasn't too badly destroyed. So we went and actually did it. But, uh, that was the first, like, that was the only one I took the whole time I was there. And then my friend, (laughs) my friend, he was, we were watching Metallica Saturday and it's so like, we're just, I'm loving it there, you know, and it was cool because the weather was coming in and there's a bit of lightning in that and Metallica's just going. And my friend, Mandeep's like, I can't hold it any longer. I got to take a shit. So during Metallica's set, he's like, he found one and he was like, it was the worst experience of his life. And then Ryan. Having to get through all those people, like with a fucking loaded gun, you know what I mean? Like in your gut. Sure. I'm not sure. And then Ryan didn't go the whole time until we hit New York City the Monday. So like, he's oh, like cramping up and stuff. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess that that's like the benefit of not like eating that much and yeah. like being like the like the young, like, oh, yeah. you know, rock and roll warriors where you're like, you know what? I don't need to eat because the less you eat, the less you're going to have to use the yeah. toilet. So it was it all pretty much out. like, uh, you know, in the in the morning or like uh, the sun would start beating down on our tents at whatever time. So you couldn't sleep until, you know, two, three in the afternoon. By the time the sun was up and it got too hot, you were out of your tent. And I think honestly, we might have ate like a hot dog a day, or you know, or two hot like more kind of a breakfast brunch, and then a supper hot dog, or a, uh, I think that <laughs> steak or something out there. But it was funny near the end, even the food was getting really gross. And I I texted my buddy Dean. I'm like, what do you remember about the food? And he said actually he remembered standing in line for por- uh, a pork sandwich, like pulled pork, and this kid beside him looked at it and he just paid $9 for this thing. And it was the most pathetic thing. And the kid took a bite of it and went and whipped it as hard as he could into the, where he just into the booth. And oh my like, God. he was, he, this poor kid had enough. And Dean was like, holy shit. That's like the, the inkling of what was about. To that was the Sunday, but that was Sunday. Uh, so let, let, let's back up really quick. So, so you see live and you you want to embed yourself in the crowd for corn. Yeah. Now in between that you had Cheryl Crow, yeah. DMX and the offspring. We, we, Did you we, see any of that? We watched the whole, all of them. We just stood there and uh, it's, it seems to me like watching all those sets, like 
while there's, you know, I mean, obviously people are heckling Cheryl Crow, yeah. you know, saying like gross dude yeah. shit. And um, besides that, though, I mean, like it seemed to be fairly kind of like stagnant or like the same energy until corn. Oh yeah. Would you, would you say that? Or, or was it, yeah. was it getting crazy well, here and uh, there? Cheryl Crow, you know, like, I mean, obviously you compare her music to, you know, corn it's off it's night and day. Uh, we just stood there and just took it all in. DMX was pretty entertaining cause he did a lot of call and response and, you know, he was barking at the crowd oh, and yeah. doing all that stuff. And then uh, the offspring was entertaining because I remember they had a, a dude come out like as, at a like during an intermission and he just did this and he was like in a cape <laughs> and uh, like he was fat and he had like a g string on sort of thing and then yeah yeah and then the the bottle started getting whipped so like you would just see like people at the back were, would start throwing and then it hit mid crowd and these crap these bottles just started getting closer and closer to the stage until the guys on stage were getting pelted. And then I remember with the offspring, the pretty fly for a white guy came out, uh, the actual oh, yeah. the dancing yeah. around. And then they had a thing where, uh, they had these like blow up dolls within stink or backstreet boys and, uh, Dexter Holland took a bat to him and just laid into him. And the crowd of course went wild for that. Possibly one of the most nineties moments. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> ever on stage yeah. like like the like you know mainstream punk band yeah. with like the bleached hair and the baggy yeah. jeans beating up you know uh fake backstreet boys yeah. it's it's just crazy but it was so now sorry go ahead oh go, no go, go ahead no you no, you no it uh it was kind of a change because uh most of the crowd at there was you know were actually i don't know that time angered me as well because all these trash pop bands were kind of taking over and it just was I don't know how people even listen to that shit. Honestly. So, so when I seen that, I was like, hell yeah, that's, that's, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Right. So now with corn, I mean, we've said on the show, you know, everyone talks about Limp Bizkit and we'll get there, yeah. but like, I think that the corn crowd was the gnarliest of the, of the weekend. It seemed uh, pit wise. Oh, yeah. And from what we read, you know, as far as the people being admitted to the medic tents and like some like really dark, terrible shit that happened, you know, it's like, that seems to be the gnarliest. How close were you for corn? And did you ever get like worried or like anything like that? Uh, not, we were, I don't know, maybe a hundred, 200 yards. Like uh, I did, we, we could see them from stage. Like we weren't way in the back. Um, so when they started the intro to blind, it's just on a ride symbol and he's just doing the, and then the guitar starts chugging. You could just, yeah. you could just feel the crowd just get like, oh, and it's a, I mean, it is, it's a build up to a crazy ass song. And then when he said like, are you ready? And I just remember like, I wasn't even planning on it, but like I was just going up and down pogoing because that's how everyone right. was just sandwiched. So, uh, right. yeah. Yeah, like, like you wouldn't have had a choice. Oh, it oh, seemed it like. was like, oh, I guess I'm just kind of doing this because I'm so wedged <laughs> in. Um, I didn't see any injuries, but it was all like, if you go to any wild like metal show, like, um, like a couple of years ago, I seen Lamb of God and Slayer, they were going and you always see at the front, it's almost like in the cartoons when there's a fight, there's a cloud and then you'll see like a shoe right. go fly. We seen a bit of that, um, and, but nothing, no injuries, like a guy might've got a black eye 
but like no limbs hanging weird or anything like that. Yeah. So, no, nothing crazy. Uh, yeah. And you guys were like far we enough away. Far enough away too. Have, yeah. I don't, I never really, the whole time I was there felt scared in the crowd. Like, uh, I, I mean, we, we weren't, we weren't, I don't know. The, the closest my friend Mandeep and I got was for the tragically hip, tragically hip Saturday. But yeah. we, we actually got way up front. Um, but the other two hung back. Uh, Ryan wasn't wanted no part of it. And my friend Dean, I think the year before was in one of those halos cause he broke his neck. So he did not oh, want God. people landing on his head. <laughs> oh so he's God. like, no, I'm going to hang back here. So, uh, so after, uh, yeah, I definitely want to get to tragically hip. Cause I think you're the first person that I've talked to that a is from Canada and B saw yep. them. But, um, uh, so after corn, you have Bush and then there was the rave. Like after what, what did you guys do after corn before the next day? So like, what was that? What's that area? Okay. Like? So we watched corn and, uh, next was Bush. I think we stuck around to watch a bit of Bush. None of us were super huge fans of Bush. It was just too, Gavin was too pretty and the songs were too like <laughs> whatever. And, uh, actually I think it was the year before we, uh, three, three, me and two friends went to Saskatoon to watch Bush and I wasn't a huge fan, but I liked their opener. It was Veruca Salt. So we, oh, yeah. we went and watched them and I watched Veruca play. And then it was, uh, you know, Bush comes out and there's like 12 year old girls screaming for Gavin. And we're like, well, I'm done. So we left. Yeah. <laughs> but Bush, yeah, we watched, I think most of the set. And then we, uh, we went back to our tent and uh, what we did was we'd buy bottles of Coke and drink them down about half and just do half and half with our, with our stuff we brought in. And uh, so we made our drinks and we visited in the campsites with other people. And then we made our way to the rave. And I think it was Moby the first night. Yeah. And I was uh, like, it, there was just so many people everywhere. I think we made a, a loop kind of through the hangar and just, it's not our scene or wasn't my scene anyway. So we just kind of hung out by the door, the huge doors they had open. And it was funny. So my friend Dean is sitting there and he's taking a, a, a pull off of his, uh, off his pretty high test Coca-Cola there. And this, <laughs> this kid comes up to him and he's like, Hey man, can I have a sip of your pop of your soda? I need to swallow this. And he holds up this pill and it, I, I don't know if it was a horse tranquilizer or what. <laughs> And my buddy Dean's like, well, go ahead, but it's pretty strong. It's mixed, you know. And so the kid grabs the Coke and takes two big gulps. And the second one, he just spits it out. And he's like, what the hell are you guys drinking? <laughs> so we almost seemed like we were the freaks there because we weren't the, like, you know, we were drinking. Everyone else there was. Yeah. Sorry. We're not taking fucking pills yeah, we're not... the size of fucking hot pockets. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty funny. It's like, I got to swallow this. And he held it up and I'm like. Is this like the matrix? It spits out the alcohol. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we lingered around. We hung out for a bit, and by that time, I we were actually pretty tired. But my friend Mandeep wanted no part of going to sleep, so we we're like, okay, well, we'll meet you back at the tent, sort of thing. So he wanders off, and the the, the three of us go back to the tent, and I think we got a couple hours sleep. And we wake up to the sound of Mandeep zipping open the tent and he lays in and he, he, and he passes out and um, 
he said that morning, the Saturday morning where, when the hip were playing in that, he somehow turned himself around in the tent and his head was sticking out the door. So he was... This is the second... Okay, so we just started doing these interviews again, yeah. and you're the like I just did my first one after almost a year the other day. Yeah. His tent mate also slept with his head hanging out of the tent. Yeah, this is a great start to a series yeah. of new interviews. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're like man deep. Like uh, let's get up and go to go to the hip, you know. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm still pretty messed up though. And we're like, well, how come? He's like, well, it could have been the weed. And he's like. Then I took some hash and he's like, I'm not quite right yet. So <laughs> him and I make our way to the front for the tragically hip. And yeah, like he's standing beside me, but like he was still interplanetary for whatever he was. He was just there, but not there. Yeah. So with the, with the tragically hip, I mean, they are, and for, you know, obviously forgive me if I'm incorrect, but they seem to be like Canada's band, oh, yeah. you know, like besides rush, yeah. you know, like a hundred percent. And, I read that, you know, because when you watch the footage, there's people with the, you know, the Canadian flags and all that. And I read that people were like booing and throwing shit, chanting like the American, uh, uh, like Star Spangled Banner and shit, like, oh, really? like the national anthem. But I don't know. I don't know if you heard that or, or experienced that at all. I don't recall that. Uh, I just remember we got up front and you'd see the flags. Hey, where are you from? And someone would say like Edmonton or Ottawa or Toronto. And and then we were like, well, we're from Saskatchewan. And they're like, oh, <laughs> like <'cause> they, <laughs> we're in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, but no, like uh, they they are, they really are Canada's band. Uh, we were lucky enough in our little town we live in now. Uh, they actually did a show here. And I was lucky enough, a, a friend of mine up here, we got to meet them beforehand and they were oh, super wow. nice. Like um, when Gord Downey uh, got sick, like people like were openly like crying, you know, and the last yeah. tour um, was something else. Like uh, they, they broadcasted it on our, our CBC channel up here. And like it had the most views out of anything I think ever broadcasted and you watched it and it was, uh, yeah, it was really sad, but their songs touch on, you know, geographical stuff uh, in the, in the country, like Canada wide, like songs about the yeah. prairies and songs about, you know, Ottawa. There's a song called uh, Bob Cajun. It's a region in Ottawa, like, or in uh, Ontario, sorry. Uh, yeah, just Canada's band and they don't they were never flashy but could just play and and uh yeah, it was really sad, but it was great to see them then. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you see them at Woodstock and they're opening, you know, on the on the on the second day there on the big stage. And then right after is probably like unfortunately the most like American act. <laughs> yeah. of, American of the badass. Festival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I mean, did did you stay for for Kid Rock? Like, where did you stay as close as you were for the hip oh, for Kid Rock? We didn't. I I mean, I heard of him, but I didn't know what was going to happen. So my friend, uh, Mandeep, we're still in there, and he comes out and he's strutting, and the band's like uh, doing the intro to what is it, Bawichabata. And then he's like, My name is Kid, and he starts screaming and the crowd just went ridiculous again. So we're just getting ragdolled around and I lost Mandeep, but we knew where our other two friends were. They were by one of the towers. And so I were, and I was a smaller guy back then. I was just getting pummeled. So I thought if I crowd surf to the front, 
the security would pull you over over and then you could go out the sides well i'm like okay i i need to go up so i start crowd surfing and i get right to the front and this one peace guy peace patrol guy just takes me and flings me back into the crowd i'm like (laughs) oh no no No. i'm getting just like not beat up but just getting tossed and finally i got far enough away where i could just like they just kind of let you down and uh i just kind of i don't know it probably took me a good 20 minutes or so half hour to get back to where my friends were and then how do you even find each other like is it just through happenstance no it was like okay we're at this sound tower so you're like okay you guys don't move and and yeah like that's and for basically it was that time and then um Dean and I went to the other stage, I think the next day to watch Ice Cube, but the whole time we were together and we were pretty lucky because it was like, yeah, we didn't, I mean, we all wandered, like we went through the merch and stuff. We all went at the same time. You know, I don't recall. I mean, Mandeep went off and had his adventure there the first night without us, but (laughs) but, I mean, he found the tent, no problem. So yeah, yeah, buddy system, man, it works. But Kid Rock, yeah, it, I mean, that was like at the peak of his kid rockness kind of thing. And yeah, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was entertaining to say the least. Uh, um, yeah. So on the second day, like, you know, you, you see the hip, like you got in early or early enough to see them and then kid rock happens. But like, was there a difference in the grounds, like the way that it looked like, were, like, was it obvious that there was no cleaning up yeah. being done or was it still kind of the same deal as when you first came in the, the oh, day? No. So, uh, I think Ryan had to go to the bathroom, but everywhere he looked, it was <laughs> just his nightmare. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, so that hadn't changed. In fact, that got worse. I never seen a truck out there sucking them out ever. Like the whole time we were there, the trash right. on the ground though. Like I woke up and we were walking to to the to the stage to watch a tragically hip, and I'm like, well, geez, there should be there should have been crews last night, you know, picking garbage up, but you know, there was just none of that. So you're trudging over like pizza boxes and bottles of wa- half drank bottles of water or just filth, right? Yeah. And then in that one area, they had the drum circle, so they took all. Oh yeah. They took all, drum stock. I forgot. Oh, they took all those all the barrels and they're beating on them. And I'm, and I just couldn't figure out why in the hell they would be doing that because you pay to get in, there's music going on and you'd rather stand in the hot sun and beat on a freaking garbage can for. Uh, well, I bet, I bet the guy that you saw with the sign that said drugs, yeah. I bet he could explain yeah. why those people I would guess want you'd to have just... a better, <laughs> bang, better explanation. On, bang on trash. Yeah, we watched that and we're like, ah, okay, well, let's go see something like worthwhile now. You know, like it was, yeah. Yeah. It was more of a so, weird, I don't know, hippie drug thing. I don't know. It was, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it is bizarre that that people were doing that, and you're kind of just walking past that, and you're starting to see the mud people. Yeah. So I'm sure you guys are just like it started to feel like a different planet almost, it's, you know, from from what I've understood. We're still pretty naive. We're just like, oh, the promoters suck, you know, like yeah. they, you know, because like those ones we were in, mind you, those were only day events in Canada, but you'd see a little bit of trash. But uh, the other thing I we did not do was go watch movies. Uh, I was just on vacation, so I was listening to you guys quite a bit. 
and you had that guy Andy on where he watched like oh, yeah. 10 movies or something. Like that. <laughs> and I was like, holy man, his, his idea of fun and mine are two separate things. Cause like we paid, like we were there, we paid all this money. We traveled and we we're like, we're going to damn well watch the music. But uh, sure. we, we poked our head in once I think. And we're like, okay, well that's that. And just kept moving, you know? Yeah, just just kept going. Okay, so drum people aside, mud Nazis are in full effect. You just saw Kid Rock. You're not interested in the movies. Uh, like, what's what do you do d- during the day now? I mean, because it's Saturday. This is the most. I mean, people will always say, and like I still have trouble deciding if Saturday is the most notorious day or if Sunday is. Um, I, I would say musically. Saturday is the most notorious. Well, Saturday is what made us go. Like, I mean, corn was awesome the first night, but like I said, you know, rage against the machine and Metallica. So we ended up, we watched kid rock and I think we got out of there for a little while because I was looking at, I actually have the program here and after kid rock was Wyclef. Oh yeah. And we did not see them or the counting crows. I think we uh, wandered for a bit. We maybe bought some merch. I like, I got that t-shirt there. I, uh, the original one. So yeah. we, we went and checked out that in the action park. Um, tell me about that. Cause well, no one talks about that. My friends wanted nothing to do with it, but I think, uh, <laughs> I think if you paid 10 bucks and went in and watched, you got a free t-shirt and it was, uh, I'm a sound, like I play and stuff and in bands and stuff. And JBL was the sponsor. So I got this $10 t-shirt basically. And it said like the sound of Woodstock on the back and had this little thing. So I wasn't in there all that long. So we checked that out. Uh, There was vendors, you know, with crazy four foot bongs and stuff like that. So we walked around there and then it seemed like every cause at the time had a little booth. So we kind of just wandered around there. And then we decided, um, you know, to head back to the main stage. So then we, uh, I think we may have caught the tail end of Dave Matthews band and uh, which was impressive because like you've mentioned in the podcast before, like they are very apt, like competent musicians. Oh, and, totally. Yeah. And I mean, I, forget about all the fun stuff we could say about them. Like those guys shred. Yeah. yeah like uh, their drummer, like I was just in awe, like, like just and like his kit was like he had like you know uh a rack system i believe and he had stuff hanging off the top so like i was just like wow um yeah. and then uh then alanis came out and again like we were like oh that's cool you know canadian act i guess but yeah. um no I, I mean she did well like played well but there'd be the odd time where you'd see bottles make their way to the stage like she was kind of getting pelted i i think was that like a constant, like what just was just shit always flying through the air there? Pretty much, you know, it was almost a sign of, <laughs> sign of disapproval and then a sign of approval. Like, you know, like uh, I can't remember who wanted, oh, Wyclef, I, I think you had footage of them. Uh, he's asking to throw stuff on stage. Yeah, so did Kid Rock, like, yeah. Oh my God, you know, and then there's people actually trying to play and they're like ducking and, you know. Not a, not <laughs> it sets a, a precedent, yeah. yeah it, it was, yeah. Uh, but she, I don't know. We enjoyed it. Um, it was kind of, uh, not the heat. It was kind of the heat of the day too. So people were pretty like, I don't want to say like totally burnt out, but kind of like, okay, we better rest up because the next few hours are going to be batshit, you know? So we were, we were kind of hanging back and 
you know, yeah, but it was a good, a good show. Uh, I thought and then did. we have Limp Biscuit, and, and I remember that because uh, uh, Vern Troyer came out and he's like, uh, yeah. oh, I'm getting fucked up or something. He said, and then he did the whole <laughs> you wanted, you wanted the worst, you got the worst. Like he did it, and then right after he said it, they were playing their intro, and it was like the 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 same thing basically. Yeah, but, yeah, it's just the same exact thing. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was. We're standing there and uh, they start playing and that's when I like, that's when it kicked in that this is a different animal, even like at least at corn, people were getting, you know, knocked down, but getting lifted right away and not, not the injuries, I would say, yeah. but uh, Limp Biscuit was a different animal. Like, uh, Do you feel like that the reason for that is that like, if you were a corn fan, which there were so many of them there, like you were into that crazy fucking, you know, aggressive style of music. Yep. And like, you kind of understood yep. what happens in a pit. Whereas Limp Bizkit kind of appealed to a lot of people that might not have ever been into aggressive stuff or would have even bullied, say someone that was into corn, yeah. you know, yeah, so they didn't know the rules yeah. of, of what pit etiquette is. Yeah. It was, uh, it was kind of funny because, uh, I watched those documentaries and they say it was like uh, bro college guys. Yeah. They would just want to go in there and sucker punch people. Cause they didn't know, you know, whereas a guy who's been to metal shows, you don't do that. And if someone gets knocked down, help them up sort of thing. Sure. Um, but it just seemed different. Like you could sense it in the air. And I remember we were, we were state, if you're looking at the stage, we were stage right by the first light tower or a uh, sound speaker tower. And like, we thought we were far enough back, but like uh, you, I, we were standing there and I just noticed to the left, I turned and there was like a pit just breaking out that far back. Oh, so man. I just took, I had a, a cheap camera. I just w went like this and took a picture, you know, um, and then as, as their show went on and on, you know, of course it got wilder and wilder and then, yeah, then they did the whole break stuff thing. And, and I just remember you could see the, the soundboard, the Alamo, they called it. You could just yeah. see it kind of doing this, just slowly oh, kind of rocking back and forth. I'm like, huh, that doesn't seem right. You know? And then Is they got a worrisome power. moment. That was like, uh, not, not freaked out. Like we got to get out of here, but I'm like, they, you know, they should probably, uh, like I was expecting the security to put an end to it, but it, they just never seemed to. <laughs> right. Um, but I remember Fred Durst, uh, he got his mic cut. So like they, cause there was like, you know, people were getting messed up and hurt and stuff. And you would actually see people like, uh, medics run through with like a spinal board and stuff or, a you know, like a cross. And then like cleared the way. If you see these people coming, give them space sort of thing. So it seemed like there was quite a while there uh, where there was like nothing happening. And I just remember, I think the beat for Nookie, they were just kind of playing it over and over again because it was near near the end of the song right. or their set, I guess. Um, but I remember the, the plywood going by and people getting on and falling off. And then the one couple kids made it to the front. And then when Fred did... Uh, was it faith? Like the last, like that, that was pretty iconic. Like that was, I thought that was pretty cool. Like I wasn't scared, but, but like, right. Well, I mean, I would, that's what we said was the Jimi Hendrix moment. I would, the, I would agree. Like yeah. if you think of an image that would, besides the fires, but <laughs> as far as a performance, it would be, it would be that probably that really stood out. 
Yeah. Uh, so then after Limp Biscuit, then you have Rage Against the Machine and then fucking Metallica. Like, <laughs> did you guys get closer in or like, what, did you have to reassess your plan seeing how the crowd got for Limp? Uh, for Limp Biscuit, like I said, we were, if you're looking at the stage, I believe we were stage right. And then for Rage Against the Machine, we kind of made our way to not closer, maybe a little bit closer, but kind of more middle into the left. And, uh, um, cause there, there were people getting out of there too, like had enough of it, like after Limp Biscuit, they were probably like battered and sore and they're like, okay, I need to get out of here for a bit. Uh, so we moved over and again, the, it, it seemed like there was a quite a, a time in between the sets because they were still dealing with injured people and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and then rage again, that was, and then when rage played, like way stripped down like they're playing close together but like still exact like bouncing around and you know and tom morello's doing his thing and you know I, I i loved it you know i didn't think like i think you mentioned that they might have turned their their levels down just to keep the crowd more less rowdy but i thought i thought it was more the same atmosphere as corn right not yeah not the bros just to you know break stuff it was more you know, okay, if you, if you if you listen to Rage, you know their political stances, and you know they probably wouldn't support you know what was going on, you know, year earlier. Um, yeah, I remember though, like, and not much for stage banter, but he, I can't remember what song he introduced, and he was talking about Leonard Peltier, so they dedicated yeah. a song to him, and then I think it was Tim Comerford had like his bass rigs. And he had the American flag upside down, which when they rolled it out, people were like, ooh. And then at the end of the set, I think he lit it on fire. And it's like, holy, like if you, you know, you just shoot the <laughs> hornet's nest now, like, you know, it's, it, yeah. So it was. And the night's not even over. No, no, it wasn't. And again, uh, after that, like, I thought I was like, I was like, okay, that's, I'm pretty happy, satisfied that I, I, I got to see them. And then, you know, then you got to brace yourself because Metallica of all fucking bands is after them. And I love, I love Metallica. So it was kind of like, okay, take a breather, you know, like just kind of step back and relax. And then at the same time, there was like between the sets, you know, there were still the medics going in and still picking people out. And so uh, I just remember, I think when Metallica started playing, uh, there was some clouds over the state, like in the horizon and like, you'd see the odd lightning thing and like bolt. And it was like, that's so suitable for what they play. Right. And I think they went right sure. to like creeping death or something like that. And you just see these, this lightning going off once in a while. And then it, I think it rained a little bit, but uh, yeah, actually, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the rain and the lightning because on the West stage where a chemical, right, the chemical was brothers. playing, they had to stop for yeah. a second to do like kind of like a lightning, like weather warning. Did Metallica do that? Do you remember? Or did uh, they just play through? I think they just played through, but I, the chemical brother one, I heard your podcast where you thought maybe it was a loop for a beginning of a song, put your hands down or keep your hands down. Yeah. Yeah, kind of funny, <laughs> but no. Uh, and again, like being a Metallica fan, I was like, hell, this is awesome. You know, like, um, yeah, that was with, still with Jason Newstead. So yeah, that yeah. was quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, but no, same thing. I mean, it's a, it's a Metallica show. And if you've been to one of those, you know, you see if someone's knocked down, get them back up. Like the etiquette kind of, 
like the different crew or groups or fans would kind of move in and then some would move out. So obviously there was a bit of etiquette there. Um, again, yeah. we, we weren't super duper close either. So like we could actually, you know, watch a bit, you know, there'd be the odd time he'd get, get kind of knocked or whatever, but not like you didn't have to worry about a 200 pound guy mosh or a crowd surfing and landing on your head. You know, we were that far back. Okay. Yeah. So but yeah, you it was, guys played it safe kind of, you know, when it came to we, we, music that you wanted to enjoy. Actually see. Yeah. And now like, cause I'm quite a bit older now <laughs> than I was back then. Even now when I go to shows, like, some of the like, you know, kill switch and Lama God and stuff. Like I want no part of that being in the pit and stuff. <laughs> I'll stay back and sip my beer and, and just watch, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're a, con- a concert goer, a music fan. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. it makes sense that you wouldn't yeah. be there to tear shit apart. It just yeah. kind of lends credence to what we've always said, where it's like, it wasn't necessarily Limp Biscuit. It was the people watching, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like, yeah, totally. Like we were so out of our element, you know, and we're just, seeing this madness around us and then you know it, by metallica people were pretty tired you know and then my buddy had to go try and take a shit <laughs> <laughs> he's, he like taps us he's like i gotta go i can't i can't hold it so he had the man deep had to go find a place to go shit oh it was funny we're like now like now like this yeah. is fucking metallica right uh, when it rains it pours yeah. you know but it was nice, a bit, a little bit of rain. It actually kind of calmed people down and cooled people off after, you know, right. 12 hours of the hot sun. So after that, we went back to our tent again, uh, grabbed our half Coca-Colas and loaded those up again and uh, went to the rave. And I think that was Fatboy Slim. Yeah. And so we did stay there quite a bit longer when we actually went through the crowd. And I think... I was right up at by the DJ booth for like a couple. I took a couple pictures. What's that like? Like what? What? Is, I, we're always just so fascinated by the rave, and we've gotten shit for being so fascinated by the rave because I know that all sorts of bad stuff happened there. But bad stuff happened everywhere at Woodstock '99. But like, <laughs> like what were the sights and smells and all that stuff <laughs> of the rave? Well, it wasn't. It didn't smell that great because it was already <laughs> you know day two and no one's really showered. But uh, as far as stuff like. Uh, like in the documentaries, they talk about all the sex and stuff that was going on in the corner. I didn't see any of that. Like, but yeah. I, I stayed kind of, I didn't, I wasn't lurking in the dark, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we it's like, maybe you had to like be looking for the, the uh, fucked up shit, you know, yeah. if you're just there to enjoy it. And that's been the experience we've had with so many people we've talked to like yourself that are like, uh, no, I was there to like see bands and have fun with my friends. Like if I wanted to commit crimes, I'm sure I could have gotten into all kinds of trouble, but that's not what we were there for. No, we, uh, we were there strictly party and have a good time and enjoy the music. So we wandered through Fatboy Slim. And then again, like there were so many people, we just kind of hung out by the big doors, like, cause it was right along the uh, tarmac. So we were just kind of out there and you'd see like, you know, people taking whatever and stuff, but it was a, no one was malicious or like there was no brawls or anything like that. People were, were generally there to have a good time. You'd see people that had too much of a good time and they're, you know, tripping balls or a person's <laughs> out there like a medic's carting them off because they're like, you know, on a bad trip and stuff. But, uh, we right. stayed there, we stayed there and, and I remember leaving and the sun was coming up 
And I'm oh. like, oh my God, like this was a bad idea. So and there's still another whole day. Yeah. And so we get back to the tent and we managed to get a few hours sleep before again, the sun started beating down. So we're kind of like, ah, oh, you know, like we got a got got it out for one more day. You know, <laughs> um, we weren't lucky enough. Like some of your uh, survivor stories, you know, they drove or, you know, Sunday they were like, screw this. And they hopped in their car and left. Like we were stuck because we had the charter bus to take us back to New York. Stranded. Pretty much. So uh, we just kind of hung out in a tent as long as we could. And um, I think we just kind of wandered around. And then my friend and I, like, I think we went to the main stage and we might've caught a bit of Everlast. And we thought, okay. you know, the House of Pain guy or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. It was, it was different. And I just listened to that that recap you did and yeah it was kind of weird and then when you started playing uh that clip of jump around i remember listening to that and i'm like what the hell is this you know you yeah got, it's crazy you got the one song that maybe people would you know really recognize and you're just like fucking it up it's it was kind of <laughs> yeah did, did you catch uh so on sunday did you go and see our lady peace the, the i think it's the final canadian no. band no uh, we did festival. not uh we did not uh uh, we ended up, uh, my friend Dean and I wandered over to the other stage there and we caught Ice Cube. Uh, so we caught that and that was cool. Like again, good crowd participation and he was like, you know, he's Ice Cube. So it was kind of cool. Um, and then we, once his set was done, we headed back and caught up with our other two friends that stayed at the the main stage. We met up with them and I think by that time it was like, we caught like half of Jewel's set. Sure. Yeah. How was that? That's my favorite. Uh, yeah, I can tell. Yeah, you're you're a fan. Uh, it was <laughs> it was good. Again, totally different vibe. Like it wasn't people. Like everyone was just kind of taking a breath. And and by then though, I did notice the crowds weren't as intense. Like there was just less people because people yeah. probably had enough and they split. You know. Did but, that make it so like like w with there being a noticeably less you know, less crowded venue. Were you able to really kind of see like how fucked up the grounds themselves were becoming, oh, you know, in the first, uh, like Saturday, you'd, you'd walk over like maybe a, a half inch flat pizza box while by Sunday you're like walking over in some places, like hills of trash. It seemed like, Oh my like, God. Like you're like, and you're like, why are, why isn't anyone cleaning this up? Like you, you, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, like they would, they would actually put something on like that. And that would be so low on the priority list, you know, like, especially, you know, if they are promoting, you know, 69 vibes, like you say, or, you know, taking care of your environment and stuff, like have people cleaning, but I just did not see any of that. It was really yeah. strange. And like taking care, you know, like, clean the sh clean the shitters you know like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not maybe not gouge people for food and water you know like it was um it was uh, yeah but yeah with the less crowd it just seemed way easier to move around too like you weren't getting bumped into and but people were getting a little like tired and hot and like you could tell tempers were a little short at sometimes but still never like brawls or anything like that um yeah and then I, I remember with Jewel too, 
there was a little bit of a uh, sprinkle of rain coming down as well. So that was like, the crowd was like, ah, you know, like it actually was nice. Right. Yep. So after Jewel now, I mean, like as the day is starting to progress, like were you guys like Chili Peppers fans at all? Or I mean, like yeah. what, what were the last acts on your list to, to see for the very end of Woodstock? Well, you know? we like, like I said, Saturday was our day and then anything else like the Peppers would have been, you know, oh, that's cool. Uh, but at the same time, I'm looking here. Megadeth was on the other stage. I wouldn't went, yeah. I would have went and seen them. But I mean, the Chili Peppers, too, like are really good um and i have seen the peppers since then and always a good show and again like tight musicians like flea is not like very good on his bass and yeah sure watching awesome like talented musicians uh after jewel was creed and i just remember like oh i gotta sit through this shit (laughs) (laughs) even then even at their peak even jesus hates creed Oh, oh man. Oh, it was it was rough. I I did not enjoy that stuff at all. Um but they had Robbie Krieger from the Doors come out and play uh Roadhouse Blues. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, he was wearing an uh, Undertaker t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but they were never like, "Oh my god, we got to go, you know, to the United States and see Creed." That totally was not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, low on the low on the list there. Yeah. Uh now I feel like it was around this time that they were starting to pass out the candles for red hot chili peppers. Were you given one of those or or were were you starting to see those? So uh, when we came back from, I can't remember, there was the four of us all at the same time. Maybe we went out and tried to find a clean bathroom or something before the chili pepper. But anyways, we went back into the main entrance and, uh, these people were handing out these candles and I'm like, why are you giving like, cause I knew like if some, if, judging by the trash laying around this is a bad idea and they did they, they, they were like well it's because uh i think it was uh because of columbine it was a a, a candlelight vigil sort of thing i'm like oh okay that's noble but i'm like this is not you know this could end badly right so we all four of us got our candles and then uh the chili peppers play and i just remember when they came out the crowd's cheering and and we we're, I think, stage left, and they had the big screens. And uh, the crowd really erupts. And all you see on the big screen is Flea and his dong going up and down. Like, <laughs> I think we played all Jumbotron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's buck ass naked. And then he gets his bass on and they start playing. And I thought it was pretty good. Like, they, I think they were uh, Californication, I think was their record. So they had like really good songs on there and they're playing there early. Like, it was a good show. And then. I didn't really notice. And then uh, someone came out and said, you know, there's some fires and the chili peppers stopped. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to let the fire trucks in and put out the fires and all, all this. Is stuff. that concerning or is that, that was still like, okay, like... this is this, that, that, yeah. It's like uh, that, es- that escalated quickly. You know, it all of a sudden yeah. like, we turn around and I remember seeing like one bonfire way at the back and then, I turn back and I'm looking at the stage and then I look back again and there's another smaller one over here. And then, Oh my God. And then, um, they did come back out and, uh, and, uh, play. And then of course it was hilarious cause they played fire by Jimi Hendrix. I'm like, <laughs> like, were you doing that as a total fuck you or what was like, it was like the most inappropriate 
they could have played one more of their hits or whatever and been done. Yeah, but they it, played that. That's a good point. And, you know, I never even really considered that because, like, our whole thing when we talked about that was, like, obviously they had rehearsed to play a Jimi yeah. Hendrix song at Woodstock, and they couldn't have known that all these fires are going to be oh, there. Oh, and they just oh, ahead of time. But you're have. right. They could have just been like, oh, let's just play another one of, like, the over 100 songs that we wrote yeah, <laughs> like, totally. instead of doing this. But I also think that they had to – they went through with it because Jimi Hendrix had family that was there, and they had oh. probably spoke to them and said, oh, we're going to play one of his songs. So for them to not do it would kind of be like, oh, we just made this whole big deal with his family. Like, yeah. We still need okay. to do it. But it just happened to be, like – the worst, <laughs> the worst song they could do. Yeah. First timing ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, they, so we see the fires and uh, they cut the set short and we're like standing there. I'm like, okay, I guess that's that. So um, I think again, we, we went back to our tent quickly and you could just see stuff happening, you know, like uh, little things. And then um, we got, we grabbed our booze again for date night number three sure and we go to go to the hangar and i think i'm not sure who was scheduled i think maybe perry farrell was gonna do a dj yeah yeah and that was canceled it just said canceled (laughs) so the people beating on the drums there was more people there and the drumming's more and more frantic and people are pissed off and uh no rave whatever so we're like okay so we just kind of wandered um and we could see Basically, like where all the vendors and stuff were, you could all, it was almost like a herd of locusts. You could just see this group get a little bigger, little bigger, little bigger. And then you just see a build it like a, uh, they were just like tents. And you just see these tents just shake and you'd see, a, you know, a, a, one of them collapse. And then you would just see people. And we're oh like, holy God. shit, like this is kicked up a notch. So we kind of got closer and uh, we're walking on the tarmac and there was like a, a trailer. I don't know. It wasn't like a, a semi trailer for goods. Like Ace Hardware had all their trailers. It was more like a, like a portable office trailer. Okay. And I just see that just start rocking. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And it went over and there was a, a guy there. My, I don't know what he was doing, but he got crushed underneath. Oh my when, God. When it fell. And we're like, holy shit. So people are screaming, like, there's someone under there, someone under there. So the four of us run over, and there's already people trying to get their fingers underneath to lift it up to get him out. So we managed to lift it up, and someone just grabbed this kid by the arm or something and pulled him out. And his leg was like, like that. Oh. And we're like, holy fuck. So, uh, Luckily, uh, I think there was like a medic team or something. There were the people were giving him first aid and we're like, well, you know, we stood around for a couple of minutes and then we're like, maybe we should make our way back to like the camping area. And yeah, it just seemed like they were like the little bit of maybe there was security or, but I, I seen in the documentary there, uh, the Netflix one, this, the peace patrols were told like, take your shirts off. They're targeting you guys, you know, like I never seen any of that. I didn't see any fit like person on person violence. I just seen like looting, you know, and and fires. So we're walking and then I see the row of like there was ATMs and I'm like, well, shit, if they bust those open, we're all like broke. I'm like, if they manage to get those open, (laughs) I'll stand around. I'll commit so a federal st- offense. <laughs> yeah. So we're standing there and these kids are just beating on these ATMs and uh, they got one open 
and everyone's like, yeah. So I, I'll never forget this. So this kid is probably five feet from me gets closer and he reaches like for the, the steel box that with holding the cash. And all I see is this flash and a crack. His forearm got nailed by like a state troopers, Billy club. Oh, and we're like, Holy. And like, he let out this yell. He probably broke his arm, you know? And I turned around and the, the, the state troopers or the riot peep squad or whatever, they were there. So we're like, now it's time to run. So the four of us just <laughs> start running. <laughs> that's just like the most carnage anyone we've talked to. It's like, that's like two fucking like bone injuries. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, like I, I like the, the whole trailer thing was nuts. Like, but uh, yeah. And then this poor kid or whatever getting nailed, like, Granted, he was trying to steal from an ATM, but yeah, yeah poor kid. <laughs> uh, but uh, after that, we basically like they they it seemed like we were getting corralled kind of back to the camping area, and uh, we just kind of hung out by our tent and until it was like, well, it seemed to have calmed down, like you would still see the odd thing lit on fire and stuff, but not as uh, wild as when it first happened. So then uh, we actually caught, I might've caught an hour sleep or something in the tent. <laughs> when, you went to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So when we woke up, it was like a, like, there's just like smoke rolling out of stuff that had been extinguished, like the trailers and stuff. And then you see like, I, there was like a car. I don't know who got a car in there, but it was flipped on its, on its roof. I'm like, how the hell did that end up in here? But it's flipped. And then uh, porta potties flipped over, and just the again the garbage like, you know it was still so, yeah we just were like holy shit so we like I said we grabbed my my tent, collapsed it best we could and hit it with the duct tape and we had all yeah. our sleeping bags and stuff and we stood there until, I can't remember what time but uh, then we walked to the bus loading zone and. We all laid our gear down on the sidewalk and just collapsed and <laughs> got on the bus. And it was the most quiet bus ride ever. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, everyone on that bus was like, you could, uh, it was so quiet. Everyone just kind of, oh, now we can relax. Cause the last, it just seemed like it was so much like the heat and the, just the lack of resources, I guess was. And humanity. I, <laughs> towards oh, the end there. Yeah. They, yeah. It got a little wild. Um, but yeah, we got back to New York and uh, we were staying, I can't, I think the New Yorker hotel or something. And uh, we actually, we got in and uh, my friend Mandeep was like, hi, I'm checking in, you know, and the guy behind the, the desk is like, oh, so what brings you to, you know, New York City? And the, Mandeep's like, well, we were just out at New Woodstock. And the guy's face just kind of <laughs> dropped like he was smiling and he looked at us and we're like, no shower for three days and gunk. And, <laughs> like we look just horrible. He's like, Oh wow. So I, and of course we had no idea if the news, like if it made the news or whatever. So I remember on a payphone in the lobby, I called collect to my, my parents' place back in Canada and my youngest sister, Jenna was still in like, I think she was in junior high at the time. And she was watching MTV and much music basically back and forth the whole time I was down there. 
And uh, she's like, oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, you know? She's like, it's all over the news. And then my, my grandmother, she, you know, she wakes up and watches the news every morning. So she flips on CNN and that like, it just was showing constant footage, you know, like Woodstock burns. And so she called oh my, my parents' place like, is Morley okay? And they're like, well, we haven't even heard from him yet, you know? So we all had to take turns calling like our, our parents back in Canada. And it was like the best shower ever once we got up to our room. Oh, I'm <laughs> like, sure. Holy God. Yeah. And then when we got back, like there's a, you know, like the, the people of my generation were like, holy shit, what was it like? But now no one knows. Right. So right. Uh, uh, it was funny. Uh, I started listening to your podcast at work and one of my coworkers, the younger guys like, well, what was it like? So I went on YouTube and I showed him blind by corn, like Woodstock 99. And he just went, holy fuck. Like he's yeah. like, you were there. I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> just <laughs> the people were just, you know, the the ocean, like the wave, right? Like it was people yeah. just, yeah. And he's like, well, how did you do it? I'm like, you know, just had just to. Did it. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking did it, man. Well, now, I, you know, as the news reports start coming in, I mean, you were there. Yeah. Like as some of the things like particularly like the sexual assaults and like the really awful stuff that, that was reported from there was that, did that come as a surprise to you when you heard yes. these things? Like we heard rumors, even when we were down there that a guy died, but like, okay, well, and it turns out he was like, he just recovered from heart surgery or something. We yeah, find out later. I'm like, maybe not the best place to go if you're going like recovering. Um, as far as this, the the sexual stuff, I didn't see it. I mean, like people having sex or women getting groped. I seen a lot of painted up boobs, you know, but right. they seemed fine with it and they were doing it on their own. You know, it wasn't people forcing them. Uh, and I was never super close enough to the, well, I guess for the tragically hip, but no one was really stay like crowd surfing. So like you'd hear uh, people getting groped while they're crowd surfing. I, I didn't see it. I don't, I don't know. Right. Huh. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I always ask, you know, especially towards the end, cause I feel like a lot of people that went, weren't, aware of that kind of stuff oh. and, you know but i mean some of the survivors that we've had on for sure i mean some of them are even subject to right. being being you know yeah. touched and in, in, inappropriately and all that stuff and uh, or unwarranted attention let's say. right but um yeah it, it seems like the overall thing is like there's just so many people that yes of course that stuff would could happen. have happened you know and, and and would happen you know especially with the time and everything else yeah. going on that that went into it but yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, you're right. Like, how would you have even known? We were you know? such in a little, we were just in it. And, you know, we were there to see our bands we wanted to see. And like, we weren't out to just wander and hang out in the campgrounds. And, you know, like that wasn't our thing. We were here to, you know, actually see some, some, some music. Um, as far as the whole mood, I don't know. Like, it was a sign of the times that, that so like that was the music that was popular like had it been like a woodstock 99 where it was all stuff like rusted root and mellower stuff i wouldn't have went you know that right. that's not my thing but like you're playing rage against the machine metallica you know like core i'm a fan i'll go you know so yeah so it was just a weird not a weird it was just the the popular music at the time um 
as far and then I seen in the in the one documentary where like some of the MTV VJs were catching heat and they're throwing shit at Carson Daly and yeah and I didn't see any of that because you know you'd have to be I don't know where they were in the backstage or whatever but uh, the we seen like maybe much music from Canada a couple of their VJs out in the crowd once or yeah. twice. And but the much were... music coverage is way better and funnier than the MTV. Oh, really? I love I love the much music footage because oh. like they're so much more aware. MTV is having to like suck up to everything that's happening because they're such a big corporate sponsor. Whereas right. much music was coming from another country to right. cover this, you know, as a concert, like without yeah. any skin in the game. And yeah. they're the ones that were like, these guys are fucking Cro Magnons. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening here? Like, yeah. this is insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it, it's so much. Yeah, we, we used uh, parts of that in our live show, the much music okay. stuff, because it's just so much better than yeah. the MTV coverage. Huh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, uh, I, I thought it was a pretty positive experience until even the end, the end kind of put a, a dark cloud over it. But, uh, I don't know, like as far as just the quality of the bands and stuff, like it was, it was good. It was just, you know, and then of course now you watch these documentaries and it's like, obviously they were in it to make a buck. I, I understand yeah. that they could have, they could have done a little better. There's there's better ways to make a buck than yeah. like stealing from people and fucking <laughs> yeah. them over. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you came on the show, man. It's been great. Uh, I'm glad you survived your your long <laughs> you know trip <laughs> from <laughs> from the north down to to Rome, New York, and, yeah. and and saw all the stuff, did all the stuff. Thank you so much for coming on, man. And uh, we'll talk no to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. All righty. See ya. All right. Well, another survivor story on the books. That was Morley from Canada. I love the uh, trend of the guys falling asleep with their heads outside of a tent. If that was me, my head would literally burst into flames with how badly I sunburn. I went outside for 10 minutes today and my neck is fucking a tomato. It's brutal. So I, I like to think about that. Um, also, yeah, I think the one thing, the one major takeaway here is the less you eat at a festival, the less you will have to shit. So don't eat that much. Just make sure you drink water as always. So, folks, if you went to, worked at, or played Woodstock 99, contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or on our Instagram at podcast99. I'm Ryan Lichten, and we'll see you at Woodstock.